This is my other, this is my like second or third take because I got distracted during the countdown. I'm not editing this out anyway. Welcome to the Brandon Marshall Havener Show. Actually, it's called Sorry I Offended You. And today, we want to talk about the trauma-informed coaches and the, the, the fucking safe spaces that aren't really safe spaces. They're bullshit spaces filled with posturing and garbage. I don't know. I'm just making up words to call it. It's just posturing and fake smiles and more concerned about optics than actually being good people. I think that's something that irritates me the most is when someone's not fully embodied and authentic and then they call themselves something to, uh, maybe I got to look at that. I don't know. So anyway, this all started with a, an internet fight, <laughs> an internet beef. And if you know, you know, you can check out my Facebook. You can check out Rebecca's Instagram. Rebecca was involved. It was a whole fucking drama about coaching regulation and people assuming that coaching not being regulated is unethical when in actuality, like some of us just don't want to be fucked with. And the thing about regulation is, is that you have to, when you act, when you ask an outside source, especially an outside source that doesn't understand coaching or spirituality or the teachings that are being made. And especially if they can only operate on the level of trauma that they're operating on, then you're asking for a lower consciousness to create the baseline in the profession. So that's what concerns me about coaching regulation um, or any type of regulation. I mean, we can talk about fucking gun control and, and, um, what else is trying to be regulated in the world? Like any type of drug, you know, the war on drugs, like that really worked out very fine. But people want to convince themselves that if we regulate it, even though they'll even like say straight up, like there will still be bad people, but at least they'll be regulated. And it's like, okay, well, you know, it's kind of like the same conversation as uh, the, the Fauci juice. It's like, well, I still caught the virus, but at least I was, I, I got the shot. Um, my heart stopped working, but at, at least I was uh, V'd up. I still got to censor myself, you know, just got unsent. You know, I don't know. They could track down my podcast and then find me on Instagram again and then punish me on Instagram. It's crazy stuff. But it's just like... The endless desire of looking for an outside source to fix everything. And then when the outside source fails to fix everything, somehow they find a way to fucking justify it anyway. Now, I don't want to get into the details of this beef in the podcast. And I thought about it, you know, making it some coach celebrity deathmatch thing. And I will reveal some of the things that were said about me. But I also want this to be more of a valuable um, podcast based off the content and the lessons that can be learned here. Um, I can see lessons being learned in this experience from a visibility standpoint. So that's one, like just owning yourself more in your message and understanding how to deal with some of these people that want to project their distortions upon you. Um, and then also from a standpoint, I guess, like to read out bullshit because the most frustrating thing and why this is somewhat personal to me. Well, for one thing, it's personal to me because my name was called out and my wife's name was called out. So, you know, like I'm part of my wife's business and I'm part of my own business. And, and, uh, you know, it's like, you're coming at my family, you know, you don't come at the kingdom like that. What's, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, that, but also, the the thing that has me thinking it, thinking it in a personal lens, is that you know it's like there was also a, a somewhat of a peer. I don't know if I want to say relationship. I guess relationship between my wife and the person that did the that wants to call do the calling out and things of that nature, and it's like. It's frustrating in a way when you know that my wife referred clients to her 
and that she advertises herself as this safe space and then puts clients on blast when they do something like not finish her course and then like puts them on blast on her uh, Facebook. Even if, if it's subliminally, it's like, how can you call yourself a safe space when whenever a client displeases you that you put yourself as the authority of all morality and you assume that your word is the law and then you punish people that way. So, you know, that's kind of the frustrating thing. And yes, there's a personal responsibility aspect. And yes, um, you know, there's a few aspects to that. It's like, it's not, you know, you think somebody, you, you, you do your due diligence and sometimes you think somebody's a legit person and their work is amazing and you share it to your people. So it's like, you wanna do that but you can't always be perfect with that. And it would be nice to be able to be perfect with that. But sometimes it's like something happens and you realize something with more information and you're like, oh shit, I didn't want to send people to somebody who would do something like that to their own clients or who would create a spot that is so volatile um, for that person. And, you know, I guess it's like the layers of frustration around that is that not only do they do that but then they put on a facade that they're the safest person to trust the hero and i've seen many people do this it's not a one-time thing it's a common pattern in the industry but people get so caught up in their egos and their savior complex that they think they're the only safe space for people to to come into and then they villainize everybody else and then almost as if like they cut off people from any outside source or any outside information other than that and now that i'm talking about it it sounds like a fucking cult it doesn't sound like a safe space <laughs> i i guess like people are so obsessed with safe spaces but they didn't analyze what a cult is because now it's really sounding like a cult um if you demonize everybody uh based off general information and then say that you're the only safe expert that can be trusted and I've seen this happen a couple times, maybe a few times. I don't know. But it's like strange behavior that you want to take note of. So anyway, let's go on to a post that some posts I made. Let's cruise the Internet. Um, I don't want to go too much into the nitty gritty details of what happened because it's kind of like I'm kind of like having fun with it on my Facebook anyway. So I don't want to retread that. And I also don't want to define this podcast based off a bunch of shitty people people said um but if you want to see some of the shenanigans then if you're listening to this recently you can easily find it on my facebook um so i made a post saying positioning yourself as a holier than thou wokest leader of them all has its consequences most people doing this are putting themselves in the rescuer position you will either one attract clients who will hand over the bulk of their personal responsibility. And if you do not comply to the victim, they will. Yeah. If you don't comply to them playing the victim, they will smear you as an abuser. So this is also This often happens when you play the rescuer position and claim yourself to be the hero in the safe space. And I talked about this by a bit of experience because I can see myself, uh, my past self in displaying some of that behavior when you know i felt like i was wronged in aspects of the coaching community coaching space and thinking that i had all the answers and i was the gatekeeper of morality in some senses it's like this big ego thing but what happens is and i've stated this on this podcast before but a lot of my teachings are um really resonate uh, the drama triangle is what i use to kind of like um really help people get into ease and flow in their relationships, whether it's business relationships or romantic relationships or, or any kind of things like this. Well, the issue is, is when you position yourself as a rescuer, you are actually attracting victims. And when you enable somebody, when you enable a victim by saying that you're the rescuer and you're their savior, it's only a matter of time that they call you an abuser because 
if they aren't used to taking responsibility for their own triggers and their own actions, which happened a lot in the comment thread that I was called out on, um, when they are not taking responsibility for their actions, they're going to find somebody to target as a reason for all their problems. So this person that called me out, like, I wouldn't be surprised if all the people that are flocking to her as she being the savior, that her bullshit runs out. And then eventually she becomes, she, she turns out on the receiving end as what she's dishing out right now. Like, you know, like it hits her like a boomerang. Um, Two, I said, create an unrealistic standard for yourself, which is beyond any regular human. So this is another thing. The judgment you have for other experts being toxic will one day come back like a boomerang, like I said, on your ass. <laughs> I'm a jackass. I'm sorry. You're a human just like the people you judge and you are not exempt from being dethroned from the high horse you place yourself on. Yes, there are people doing bad shit. There, will al there always will be. The one projecting onto the bad people the most often have the most skeletons in their own closet because they don't apply the same accountability toward themselves as much as they pressure others to be accountable. So that's the issue. Um, when people are so focused on keeping other people accountable, all that energy is going outward. It's going to other people and is projecting onto other people. A lot of times they're seeing their own shit and projecting it onto other people and then there's a buildup in their own life that they're not addressing. So they'll, you'll realize that almost instantly, or they start doing this, that they start having higher, higher standards of accountability of others than they do themselves, which is, you know, a funny thing, not going into the details. <laughs> However, this one woman uh, said in the thread that Rebecca had mean girl behavior and all her posts was mean girl behavior. Now, I did some inventory on my lovely wife Rebecca's post and a lot of her posts are glittery and bubbly. Some of it is like confident and snarky, but like it's it's hardly ever um, it's hardly ever like mean girl, like putting people down. In fact, she really doesn't like doing that. She even you know, she was fired up about the post in question that pissed people off um, about uh, saying pe therapists that want to regulate the coaching industry is put are like wet blankets. <laughs> so I guess like if you want to call that mean girl behavior, then sure. But it's like the irony of having such a high standard of accountability from my wife. But then you hold these threads where you're they called us out directly. I don't know why, because they never, she never really does that, this person in question, but we're gonna keep names out of this podcast in particular, um, because I only want to operate with screenshots of what people say about me, um, you know, to keep the lawyers happy. <laughs> but um, it's, it's not that I don't like saying names directly i love i love shocking people by being direct but we're going to keep that on social media and we're going to keep that at bay because on podcasts i can just ramble and i can say some and, and yes i could edit it but i don't want to chop out up this podcast to death um but anyway so there you have it uh so it, it's interesting because the same person who complains about the coaching industry all the time in these threads and subliminally go after people and, and always having this schoolgirl behavior about this coach did this, this person did that, always spilling the fucking tea is going to say, that's this person's a mean girl. Are you sure the person that you're pointing the finger at is a mean girl or are you looking at the mean girl from within? By the way, I don't like spilling tea. I like putting mushrooms in my tea, psychedelic mushrooms, and I like going to different dimensions. That's what I like to fucking do. I don't have time to be spilling tea about Susie Q that sells fucking pocketbooks. Do people even say pocketbooks? I feel like that's what my grandmother called her purse, a pocketbook. I think that's what they called them back in the day. Susie Q who's trying to bring pocketbooks back on her Etsy. You know, I do not need to spill tea about her, right? I don't need to 
um, do that. Like, I don't know the whole definition of spilling tea. I, I'm not a fan of the term. I don't know why. I just like, if I have an issue, I'll address it directly. I'm not going to like tiptoe around it and be like, I know something about somebody. I know something that you don't know. Like, okay, if that's your thing. Cool. But I, I don't, I don't want to fucking do that. I, I rather be straight and direct like a missile. <laughs> Is that a word of violence? Cause I said missile. Is that considered violent behavior? Probably. He said he was going to kill me with a missile. You know, the other thing I was called a fucking, okay, here we are. I was called an incel and it's not the first time I've been called an incel. It seems like a lot of people incel is still not a mainstream term. I don't think, I don't think if you, if you ask like a hundred people what an incel was, I think maybe 10 people at most might know. I'm not sure though, but apparently an incel is a man who is not let's look up the actual definition i'm sorry that i burped i hope i didn't burp too loud in the mic and i hope you didn't smell it i hope you don't have like new technology in the metaverse where you can smell like don't ever smell my podcast all right because god knows what type of shape i'm i'm recording this podcast in okay so an incel the dictionary definition of an incel is a member of an online community all the online communities kicked me out. So <laughs> that disqualifies me right there for being an incel. But a member of an online community of young men, I'm 35. I'm not really considered young. So that also cancels me out as being an incel. But anyway, I digress. Of young men who consider themselves unable to attract women. Now, I am able to attract women. I actually, like, I don't want to be like, super cocky but i find myself as a very attractive man i'm a married man i attracted the woman of my dreams and the marriage of my dreams but i also think i have very attractive qualities i'm very confident in myself to be able to attract a woman so the issue is even if i wasn't even if that was not true even if that was only my truth my truth is that I'm very attractive to women, but I've never, I've never went on a first date. No, but even if I was like full of myself for saying that um, I'm able to attract women and everyone listening was like, yo, you've never, you're, you're still a virgin, dude. You, you've never attracted a woman in your life. So like, let's pretend like even like, let's say I'm totally lying about that. The definition says people who can men who consider themselves unable to attract women. So I don't even identify as a man who can't attract women. So that disqualifies me for being an incel. Like three times in this one definition, I'm disqualified for being an incel. Um, typically associated with views that are hostile toward women and men who are sexually active. Honestly. <laughs> Why am I going to say this? Honestly, if any hostility toward women, it's probably toward bitter women that aren't having sex. Like, because those are the women <laughs> that always get upset. There's always the women that aren't in relationships. They're in toxic relationships or, you know, they're obviously, they're obviously not getting the dick. I should be nicer, but I, you know, it's coming through. They're obviously not getting the dick that they desire. And I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm hostile towards them, but those are the women that I sort of bump heads with online. It's the women that, you know, are frustrated. They're not, you know, they, they have no healthy relationship to show. And then they get upset about it. And, and that's, that's the women that get upset at a married man and calls him an incel. There's no other way to explain it. So really what's happening here is incel projection or yeah, projection. The, the, the thing that's really happening in these situations when a woman calls me an incel is that you are not getting the dick. You have some kind and, and this isn't to be taken lightly. You know, I, I don't wish this on anybody. 
but you have unresolved issues with men, maybe unresolved daddy issues, and fine, like there's a lot of deadbeat dads. Understandable. I don't wish that on anyone, but it's unresolved. And then I'm just a male that is in the situation and I dare to disagree with your opinion and suddenly I'm the incel. But maybe, just maybe, at least some of the women who call men like me incels are sexually frustrated and consider themselves unable to attract men. I think that's a possibility. I just think it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying it's a possibility. It's an educated guess. Usually I'm good with my educated guesses, but that doesn't make it 100% true. This is not a fact. Um, I and, and, and they're also, the women are also involved in online communities. They always say, you know, the last woman you called me an incel, she was like, in my Facebook group, they said you're transphobic and you're an incel. Sounds like an online community community to me. What is the average age of these women in this community? What is considered a young woman? Is it a woman under 35, a woman under 30? I don't know. Shout out to the cougars out there. This is, you know, not saying like any age makes you old. You know, you're, you're, you're young as your spirit is. I hope I'm not taking myself a hole in this fucking podcast. But it sounds like you're in these young lady groups. And you're mad at a man like me who is happily married. And it sounds like, I don't know what the female term for incel is. Maybe it's incella. Incella. They probably make it incel X. Incel X. Like, (laughs) incella is too much of a gendered term. I would rather be called incel X. Um, and this is why people call me transphobic. Not, and, and the thing is, is I don't have issue with trans people. I don't have issue with gay people. Um, it's like, yo, that's your life. You're living your fucking life. The issue I have is the absurdity of woke languaging and the absurdity of this, you know, like this whole thing, you know, the absurdity of calling someone Lat- Latin X when no Latinos, like hardly any, maybe like 3% of them actually want to be called Latinxes. Like, it's just fucking ridiculous. Get out of here. Okay, let's see if I can find a female term for incel. Knowing Google, they were like, there is no female term for incel. They are, women are perfect. Um, It's toxic masculinity ruining our world. Um, Meet the woman incel movement. The true, fem cells. I like it. I like it. So, I'm just going to declare it right now. Any, I have so much physical proof that I am not an incel. Now, I don't know how much, you know, I don't know how long of a dry spell would make me an incel. Like, I don't know if like, you know, I have one week in my marriage where we're not like having sex. Maybe we were both sick or something. I don't know if a week out of commission makes me an incel. But I think that's a bit unfair. But no, that wouldn't make sense because I still would be, I would still feel attractive. I would still think that, you know, I am a, I am a capable of having sex. So there's a ton of physical evidence and energetic evidence that I am not an incel. And I hereby officially on this podcast, I know I was shy, shy with these accusations before, but I'm just going to go all in. Every woman who has called me an incel is actually a fem cell. There you have it. They're fem cells. That's what it is. And I'm going to start using that term more, fem cells. I like it. It has a ring to it. But if you're a woman who calls a married man an incel, you're totally a fem cell. You know, it is what it is. I don't like using these terms, but you did it. You you started it. <laughs> you wanted to use this incelacious language and you forced me to find the female term for femcel, and now I'm gonna use the fuck out of that word. I'm gonna use that label till it dies. You know why? Because I can't even cause label inflation by calling women femcels because I have not seen anyone use it. So as long as I dominate the femcel industry, then I can say it without inflating the meaning of femcel out to oblivion. 
So actually, femcel is like femcel is like that hot hashtag on Instagram that no one knows about yet. And I'm like, yo, I got the I got the fucking hashtag. There's not millions of people using it yet, and I can use femcel as much as I want, and I will dominate the femcel hashtag. Fuck yes. All right. That was a lot. So anyway, this person posted. Um, just want to make it clear. This is exactly what she said. Um, wait, first and foremost, this isn't the first. Com- this is a comment that she left on my post. Um, and I know I didn't say I was going to get into specific drama, but this came onto my post. I, I want to go into this one because <laughs> I feel like it. Shit. You know, we're making, we're making split fucking decisions here. Split, is it split decisions? Whatever. Let's go on. Um, first, I want to save this post. I want to talk about this. Um, where did I say it? <laughs> I made a post saying, I am not an incel. I am very sexually active. <laughs> okay, where did it start from? <laughs> this is funny. Okay. So what she said is her boyfriend, so she's referring me as Rebecca's boyfriend, which is completely untrue. I am a, a, a devoted husband of Rebecca, and which is very inexcusable because Rebecca and I got engaged in April of 2021. So for you to like label me boyfriend, it's like, it's insulting. Like you haven't been paying attention for over a year and almost like a year and a half or so like that is just wrong it's one thing to maybe not realize i'm married yet but we've been engaged and that's just hurtful um so she says her boyfriend says a lot of transphobic stuff all over of his platform so it's probably good to not be agreeing with them so the transphobic thing i made a post about matt walsh's new documentary what is a woman you can check that out at brandonmarshallhavener.com. That is brandonmarshallhavener.com. Just let's promote my Substack for a minute here. And if you hit the 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 key, you go to brandonmarshallhavener.com and it says join my Substack where you can find exclusive uncensored content and you hit subscribe here and then you can join in with your email. I made a post about, you know, reviewing Matt Walsh's um What is a woman documentary? Now, let's see. In this article in particular, because I want to address this really quick. In this article in particular, I said something along the lines of, in the year of 2017, I would agree that it's live and let live. Now, I'm an independent and libertarian by heart. I don't necessarily care if someone decides to transition i'm not opposed to having trans friends trans clients um i want them to live their best life and you know i went over these questions and i said do i hate trans people the answer is no would i cause physical harm to a trans person no do i want trans people to be homeless no do i think trans people do I want them to be thrown out of society? No. Do I think trans people should be excluded from the Constitution? No. Do I think trans people shouldn't be allowed to vote? No. Do I think trans people should be banned from starting their own business? No. Do I think trans people should be bullied? No. And a lot of times when I am joking about the gender ideology, it's not directed at trans individuals. It's directed at the, the fucking absurdity of where we are right now in society. So what is considered transphobic these days? Um, and I said to question trans activism, to question anything, like I question why people are called TERFs and bullied online for not agreeing. I question, you know, like different things about trans activism. Um, have gender reveal parties or assign your child a gender at birth. I think Demi Lovato is the one who said that gender reveal parties are transphobic. So it's like, I believe the best way to raise my child is to assign them a gender. <laughs> Not to, you know, I, I literally saw a TikTok that said, the doctor just guesses their gender at birth. 
And it's like, no, I'm not raising my child with that ideology. That doesn't mean that I dislike trans people, but it's realizing that trans people are a small percentage of the population and applying the rules and and um, raising your children as if they are trans, I think is very damaging to their mindset. And that's my fucking opinion and I'm allowed to raise my kid the way I want. Does that mean that I have an issue with trans people? Absolutely not. But anyway, um, what's transphobic? Dead name trans people and also acknowledge that they were a different gender before their transition. So dead naming is um, referring to their name before they transition, which I think, you know, a lot of times when this is brought up, at least in the internet sphere, it's people walking on eggshells and if they make one mistake, they get blasted at. And I don't think acknowledging somebody before their transition should be considered like this vile transphobic crime. This is something someone innocently can do. Um, this is acknowledging reality. And I think choosing not to, you know, you shouldn't have to choose not to acknowledge reality in order not to carry the transphobic label. Um, and I said, have any material referring to trans people in your stand-up comedy? Any joke towards a trans person is violent or punching down. It's like, you should be able to make jokes. Like, I get it. There's some jokes that can be completely distasteful. But to say that you can't even joke about something doesn't make somebody, somebody an equal member of society. Like, you cannot create equality if you exempt people from being able to joke. Like, I think... The whole outrage around Dave Chappelle was absolutely ridiculous. Okay, not being attracted to a trans person. For instance, if you are a straight man and you are not attracted to a trans woman, you are transphobic because trans women are women. Like you're supposed to accept that trans women are women to not be transphobic. Phobic. Therefore, if I'm a man and I don't see a woman who happens to have a dick if i am not attracted to that woman then i'm transphobic according to some people's standards you know so you know you could be calling me transphobic and i simply do not want to suck a dick i'm sorry i apologize but it's not going to happen you can call me transphobic till you're blue in the face i'm not sucking that cock Okay, um, have issues with trans women competing with biological women in sports and using the term biological women. So I think that's an issue as well because they created women's sports for a fucking reason. It's called acknowledging reality. <laughs> Doesn't mean that I hate you, but I, but I need to protect women as well. And I know, I know my male body. I understand that if I'm playing, a, 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 like let's say a contact sport against a woman, that's woman it's unfair. And it's unfair for me to just decide like, you know what, I identify as a woman now, it would be unfair for me to dominate a woman in that capacity just because I decided to, and then have the audacity to say it's something wrong with the women for having a problem with that. And I think that's, abusive and if you if you claim to defend women i don't know how you could get behind something like that um not wanting your daughter in a locker room with male that identifies as a woman so you know not wanting your daughter in a locker room with male genitalia even though they identify as a woman so a lot of this in order to not be transphobic you gotta let a lot of intrusion happen with in your life um, and then the last one is not obeying this new gender ideology that's being pretty much forced into, into society. So I just wanted to address a transphobic thing. I deny that. I deny it. I have boundaries. And I want to I live the life that I want to live. I want to raise my kids the way that I want to raise them. And I want a fair society that doesn't make me hateful towards or hateful or scared towards trans people so i denounce that accusation so anyway <laughs> then the response of the person called me out saying he is volatile 
X, and then she says, ex-military incel, yes. So this is where the incel stuff started. And says, white guy with homophobic things to spew. We've all heard this before, man, you know? So that happened, and then... What did I respond with? Okay, and then I said, I'm her husband and calling me an incel doesn't make sense considering we're sexually active. <laughs> oh, okay. So then that went into me saying, a, making a post, joking, and I said... I said, come on, load, motherfucker. I said, I'm not an incel. I'm very sexually active. And it's me in like a furry snowsuit playing in the snow, like the, the emoji avatar thing on Facebook. And then she joined it. She came onto my page, which was a big, which was a grave mistake. Don't come onto my page. And she was like, just want to make it clear. If you are the re you are the reason met why men many women won't work with your wife. You're still very much an incel laughing my ass off. Don't know how to act around women to the point you're losing your wife's business like please. And I responded with a Kanye uh, gif shrugging and I said my wife is on track to make a half a million this year. Who gives a fuck? Now it depends on what you consider the year because Rebecca, she's actually has made over 600,000 in the past 12 months. So technically in this span of year, it's been 600,000. But in the year of 2022, she's on the track to make over 500K, probably more. I don't know. But it's like, the thing is, you know what? I'm going to address th that in particular. First, we're going to finish with this woman accusing me. With all her accusations, making statements, assuming. <sighs> that's funny. I said making statements, assuming. And if you know what that's from, that's from that video. Um, that's It's from this comedy video from back in like 2010 or 2011. What were they fucking called? Emmanuel Hudson. And he did the song, Ask Him All Them Questions. Ask Him All Them Questions, making statements, assuming. So it was this YouTube video. And the, it, it's just uh, synchronicity because I was scrolling down and you might know this popcorn eating GIF. Um, Tasha Christie commented on my post of the guy leaning back and eating popcorn and his name is Spoken Reasons. And it's funny because when I was saying those lyrics, Spoken Reasons showed up in the comment thread. And that's the guy, it was on Spoken Reasons channel, that song. So it's like, it was kind of funny. Um, if you know, you know. <laughs> All the kids are saying that these days. If you know, you know. Um, so, plot twist here. I recognized this woman. This lady, this silly woman. <laughs> and I checked. I was like, I was Facebook friends with her at some point. Did she ever like, did we ever chat in the inbox? Like, I, you know, I want to know who this person is. And I look in my inbox and there's a message that she sent me and I never responded to it. And it was back in March 2nd, 2018. And it says, Brandon, what do you actually do? LOL, I have seen you to be snarky all over the face space. And when, then I saw the other day, a really helpful, nice comment from you. So somewhere inside there's a good person, LOL. I'm like, okay, so what, do you like to cold message incels on your free time? Um, so I, you know, I commented about the screenshot that I took of this and I said, I wasn't an incel in 2018, apparently just a snarky man with a heart somewhere deep inside, never answered this. And I am not sure when I stopped becoming an incel could have been when I stopped being single though. Now, I don't know what her fucking intentions were. Maybe she was just trying to have a coffee chat and uh, do that. But it's like, wow, I'm this dangerous incel. When I was single, I'm more likely to be an incel. But suddenly when I'm married, I'm an incel. And you fucking message me. 
you know, wanting to connect in some way. I don't know if it was businessy or romantically, but that's kind of strange behavior. Kind of strange behavior to be, you know, calling me an incel after that. But God, God bless her heart. God bless her heart. You know, hopefully she finds her perfect incel. Now, the beauty, beautiful thing about this on a personal level, and I'm sorry for my distra distractions. Katie is back there because she loves sticking in the room with me. She's scratching her ear and making sounds, and it's distracting. I don't know if you can hear it on this mic, but that's what's going on in here. Um, but the, the beautiful thing about this is, is that I was doing a lot of healing this past weekend. And there has been sort of like a, there's a difference between Rebecca and I's brand, right? And Rebecca stated a fear of people misunderstanding me. And I felt some kind of way about it. Like she, like her fear is like becoming big and then me having controversial content and then like seeing that brought on to me and people not seeing my heart because you know she knows me more than anyone else and she sees my heart but people make these crazy accusations about me and even when i bring up these tough subjects like you know the matt wash what is a woman documentary like we have these deep discussions about it and like she doesn't understand what i'm talking about at first and that's what happens on the internet like people just like see these hot takes and then they make these assumptions about who i am you know, same can be said said about the, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Jordan Peterson. Um, but it kind of comes with the territory. And then I shared like, look, I can't operate where I'm micromanaging what I'm doing. And self-expression is so important for both of us. So, you know, we healed a lot by having that conversation. Um, even though I was like still doing my thing, it's like, yo, I need to clear out this energy of fearing like, if I say the wrong thing, like I'll sabotage your business or vice versa or whatever, you know? Um, but that, that was an interesting comment because she said I was costing Rebecca's business. And it was, it was such a gift for her to leave that comment because not only have we already healed that part earlier in the week, but it sounded really ridiculous and absurd. And it kind of was proof in this thread of safe space, trauma-informed coaches who like to gossip about people, which a lot of people were arriving in that thread and making passing judgments and saying things about Rebecca as well, um, based off what someone else told them or just very vague stuff, trying to take shots at Rebecca. It's really the definite, it's like the, the defining moment of realizing how real it is. The term rejection is protection. Because working with any of these people as a client, as having them as a client would be an absolute nightmare. They don't want to own their own shit. They make these broad accusations and they're very negative. And it's like, this just goes to show and it's kind of funny because after the conversation it had, it caused Rebecca to put out some spicy content too and probably clear out a lot of energy for her and her throat chakra, right? Um, but what this shows is, is that when you are your bold self and you're amplified, you don't want to appease this common denominator that will shame you at any moment that you get. Like there's a... You know, maybe it does suck. Like maybe some people saw what happened on the internet and they're like, holy shit. Like if I was behind this stuff, I would be mortified or whatever. But I want to say this, even if it shakes up your system to have people come at you this way, it is so fucking freeing. It frees you from this jail cell. It like clears out your energy. It's like a cleanse. And you'll notice that the people who love you as your crazy self are the people that are actually going to pay you, the people that are actually going to appreciate you, the people that are actually going to take responsibility for their own shit. Unlike these weeping willow people that think that everyone other than them is not trauma informed, yet they talk shit 
every fucking week about other people and has this weird fucking thing where they think they're holier than thou, but then they're just constantly shitting on other people. Um, that's like crabs in the bucket. You don't want to be around those people. You don't want them as clients. And you have access to everyone in this world. So why would you pick them? And why would you punish yourself by playing it safe in your message? Be, be willing to be that person who comes off a little bitchy. Be willing to be that person who comes off as an asshole. Be willing to be that person who's like, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put up with this bullshit. Let them work with each other, you know? If you want regulation, work with each other. Start your own little group. If you think you're holier than thou, start your own community and work with each other. If you think I'm so dangerous for having a podcast called Sorry I Offended You or being too outspoken or simply for being a fucking man, then you know who not to work with. Don't work with me. Leave me, leave me the fuck alone. Why are you calling representatives trying to punish people for your own trauma? Ah. Oh. <laughs> So something else I wanted to point out is I made a post saying in all caps with me holding the birthday cake, like the emoji of me, you know, the picture makes it funnier. But I said, I am not trauma informed. Hell, I don't even know what trauma is by my program. I mentioned this because I got the response and I understand why I got this response, but I wasn't posting with the intention to get this response, if you know what I'm putting down. Um, but people like, you know, people left comments like Daphne Jean Richard said, if Facebook had a top eight, I put you in mind. This is for top for this top tier content. Joanna Kelly says, honestly, it would be refreshing for someone to be this honest. Maybe I would throw my money at them. Um, and then Shyla Cash she says, LOL, as a trauma practitioner, I find the transparency of this iconic. I prefer this to people just making shit up and pretending to be trauma-informed because it's popular. Now, I wasn't going to make this like some strategic example. This is something that I just thought was funny to post. But there is a strategic example to be made. And that is, and I guess if you're trying to make it into a strategy too much and it kind of ruins the magic, it sort of has to be natural. But when you're embodying your authentic self, you're a breath of fresh air. And what those comments represent, where it's like, finally, something fucking real. I'll send you, I don't care if you're not perfect. Even though it was a joke, I'm not totally ignorant when it comes to trauma. But I just thought it was fucking hilarious. But even if I was ignorant to trauma, you got people who are like, I'll fucking pay you. Why? Because it was real. It was authentic. Because it's like, I know the person who calls them trauma-informed, themselves trauma-informed, isn't authentic. And they're bullshitting me. They're pissing on me and saying it's water. They don't have a fucking safe space because they're all a bunch of catty people that are resentful because they're not getting fucked. <laughs> Sorry, it just came out. I'm, I'm, I'm divine channeling. My spirit guides told me to say that. I can't, I don't know what to say. Um, but they're all fucking lying. And then finally, a ginger man comes by and says, you know what? I'm not trauma informed by my shit. And it creates this reaction in people where it's like, yo, fuck it. Like maybe he's not perfect, but I want realness. I want authenticity. So, you know, it's just something to consider here. And this is like, this is why, you know, authenticity is so important. And it breaks down every little bit of filter and any, anybody's questioning. Like if you just like decide to own your imperfectness off the bat, you know, you're going to be more magnetizing, period. As much as people like to say magnetizing. Oh yeah, mag saying magnetizing is not trauma-informed either, according to these group of trauma-informed gatekeepers. They said mag... See, that's the fucking issue with these accusations. It's like, certainly, you may have a point that you've seen a coach that's been manipulative and use the term magnetizing. And, it, and quantum leap is another one that they don't like. But that doesn't mean that everyone who says magnetizing and quantum leap is looking to scam you out of your money. You know, you had a, you had a fucking experience where someone used 
quantum leap or magnetizing and they weren't very ethical. That doesn't mean that everyone who dares utter the words have have uh, branded themselves as unethical. And it was just like that post that Rebecca made ranting about it. Um, came into the post and she's like, she's like, now you're showing me all of who you are who commented. Really? Every fucking person that doesn't agree with a... Do you see Katie? There's Katie back there. Katie Bug. I don't know if you'll see her in the final cut, but she's back there. Um, if you're just listening to the audio, you missed out. But it's like, yo, how is that trauma-informed and how is that carefully crafted to go into a thread and say, all of you are showing red flags just because you don't like... You can be a very good person, like myself. I'm a very good person, trust me. Um, you can be a very good person and not be down with regulations. That doesn't mean that you're like... Gosh darn it, you know, they're going to stop me from scamming people. Some people just don't want to take a fucking stupid assessment that has nothing to do with their job. Some people some people don't want to be regulated to the point where they, they can only charge a certain price that the government lets them, for instance. Some people don't want to be um, getting a coaching registration every year and paying $500 for it. You know, whatever comes with a, a regulation um you know you can only imagine what a regulation would bring with all the other regulation shit that goes on i mean shit i'm still trying to fight the system to get my fucking gas canister that safety lock off of it like i have a fucking safety lock on my gas canister in my garage that makes it impot like it makes it extra hard to pour into the fucking lawnmower and it's like back in my day because I used to mow the lawn as a teenager, there was just a tube and it wasn't locked. Like, why did you lock up my gasoline and why do you require it? See, it's like, yes, okay. Maybe you're saving people from, maybe you're saving idiots from burning down their own house, okay? But what about the people who aren't idiots and you're inconveniencing my life by putting this fucking safety lock like I'm a fucking child on my gasoline. I'm a 35 year old man and you put a fucking safety lock on my gasoline canister. What is this? This is not the America that I was raised in. <laughs> this is the fall of the Republic. <laughs> Holy shit, am I sounding like Alex Jones right now? Um, they're, they're turning all the gasoline canisters gay. <laughs> ah! They're gonna take that clip and say, see, he's homophobic because he thinks all the gas canisters are gay and it seems like he has a problem with gay gasoline canisters. Maybe in his heteronormative viewpoint, he might be happier if his gas canisters like vagina. Well, sorry, it's 2022, Brandon Marshall Havener. Gas canisters love dick now. <sighs> well, you know, I apologize for my problematic rant. Whew. Okay, so just got distracted about a few things. What else? Is there anything else I want to say? The authenticity piece. Yeah, so, you know, you want to be authentic, all that good stuff. And really, it's like, the truth is, is people want people to own their imperfect, imperfections and they're human. And yes, you know, I know it's easy to judge and make the assumption that me recording this podcast would make me somebody who doesn't give a shit about people being scammed over and not giving a shit about being aware of trauma and things of that nature and i think it is important i think it's important to um, improve yourself i think it's important to analyze how you act in the world and i really think it's important to take your profession seriously i truly do i just don't think regulations change that and I don't think self-proclaimed trauma-informed coaches all the time are as trauma-informed as they think they are. Because I've seen the trauma-informed coaches that called me out call out their own clients. And when they decided not to do a module in their course or didn't finish their course that they applied to them, they decided to rake them over the coals publicly, even if it's subliminally and just referring to them. 
that is not a trauma-informed thing to do. So quite frankly, I don't give a fuck what you think trauma-informed is and if I am living by your standards because quite honestly, your standards are complete trash. Um, and there you have it. I might never beat my chest online and say that I am trauma-informed and I am the safe person to go to. My job is only to simply be safe and work on myself and let people be the judge. Some people will think that I am not safe. Other people will and think that I'm aligned and that is perfectly fine with me. I will always be improving on myself. I think I am the hardest on myself than anyone else is as hard on, hard on, than anyone else that has a hard on for me. <laughs> but, um, but you know, that's the thing. That's the manipulative manipulative this is a manipulative aspect of creating these safe spaces and trying to force coaches to be trauma-informed because you'll take a coach that is harder on themselves than anybody else and then you can use their being them being hard on themselves and them being compassionate compassionate against them and you can invite them into very caught like behavior this is the exact same thing i see in the woke um movements online the social justice type movements they use people's guilt and they use that to manipulate them to lower their own boundaries and their own standards and to abandon their own intuition and outsource it to somebody else and the sick thing about this is somebody who calls himself having a safe space or calls himself a trauma-informed coach are using those same strategies, those same tactics that the very coaches that they criticize use. They're telling people to abandon their own intuition and trust them as the gatekeepers of morality. And then they're able to twist and turn and manipulate those people any way that they want. So really, it's just a manipulation that they hate with a new coat of paint and it's a game of command and conquer rather than trying to heal the coaching industry. So quite frankly, I, Brandon Marshall Havener, think you're full of shit and don't bring your bullshit around me. I am the wrong one to call out directly. I do not understand why you call out everybody in the coaching industry out subliminally, but then decide to say my name. That was a fucking dumb move because I don't play that shit. And, uh, you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Smoke it. You know, it's like a, it's like a guy advertising that he has a big dick. Do you really have a big dick? Because if you had a big dick, you wouldn't be posting it every day on Facebook. <laughs> it's like it, it's like the relationship that always has to remind you every single day how happy they are. Or it's a man who has to remind you that he's a safe feminist. And it's like, are you? Yeah, you're a safe feminist man until you're in danger and then you use a woman that you're next to as a human shield. I know the type. So that's my rant. If anything, with the ranting and the, the entertainment of all of it, um, the key takeaway I mean, obviously, you have your own takeaways. It's not me to dictate what your takeaway is. And in fact, um, feel free to post your takeaway on this episode in your Instagram stories or Facebook or whatever. Give me a tag and let me know. I always love reading back of what people thought about this. I'm a manifesting generator. So sometimes it's hard doing this podcast because if I don't get direct feedback, then I don't know what people think that I can't use my Manny Gen to respond to you. <laughs> no, but really, like, um, I'm sorry if that if you were you had that in your headphones. I really apologize. That was harmful and that wasn't very trauma informed of me to do that. But at least I own it. Um, but seriously, as a manifesting generator, I create content the best is when I hear people's reactions and I can respond to that. I like doing that like with my coaching and all my life programs, I always love having these live Q and A's because then I have something to respond to because I'm really good at feeling out where someone is at 
and then giving them the custom tailored support that they need. And I kind of want at least a little bit of an aspect of that on this podcast. You know, what do you most need? What do you most like? What are your takeaways? Let me know. Let's build a community out of this podcast. You know, share the love. Um, If you decide to, you don't have to. You're not forced to. I'm not pressuring you in a non-trauma-informed way, but it's always appreciated. And, um, you know, the more and more you tell me, actually, I think it just improves the quality of the podcast and it really gives me a good vibe and it makes me feel validated. So thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Brandon Marshall Havener signing out.